Unspeakable joy, unspeakable joy. Jesus is, Jesus gives unspeakable joy. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Unspeakable Joy podcast. You're listening here on anchor.fm slash unspeakable dash joy or through one of our other platforms, including Spotify, Radio Public, Breaker, Google, and others. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Joy Sixtos, your host today, and I want to say don't just listen to the show today. I encourage you not only to listen, but to share this with others, as I know it It'll be an encouragement to them as well. Today, we're diving back into the show as I have not particularly spoken to you in a good long while. I know we've had some episodes released over the last couple weeks and months where I've had the privilege and honor to interview several people, several ministers, including my pastors as we celebrated 40 years of ministry, my brother as he's ministered at a Bible study we have in the South Central Texas area, and others. And it's been a great joy and complete blessing to be able to share their testimonies with you, their hearts with you, and just to encourage you with what the Lord has given them to share with you. And also, last week was very special. We had my brother and I sit down and do our first vodcast. If you've never heard that word, I encourage you to go Google it. It is a technical term to describe a video version of a podcast, which we're talking about an audio podcast episode. And so we did our first ever vodcast. And what we were discussing with the audience was how to create a podcast in order to reach nations and generations for Jesus. And of course, you know, if you were wanting to start a podcast, if you uh, happen to be a listener who's not necessarily a minister or anything, you could use the tools and the techniques that we mentioned and, and, and purchase the equipment that we suggested in order to have a podcast in general on any topic that you're led to do, whether that's pertaining to business, education, nursing, uh, hobbies, just an opinion opinion-based podcast on different current events and and things going on in the world, whatever you're led to do, you can still use that information in order to launch yourself out and be a voice to your listening audience. Of course, with what the Lord has led me to do through Unspeakable Joy podcast, I intended that to be for several ministers and avid listeners of the show who have asked and said, we really enjoy your podcast. It's so professional. How can we do something similar? And so we shared our hearts there. I'm so thankful for my brother, Jonathan Sixtos, who the Lord has blessed with a lot of tech savvy information and knowledge in order not only to equip and empower himself to be a blessing through the different avenues of ministry and also in the marketplace ministry through a podcast he hosts for his uh, children at the local high school he teaches at, but just in general to be a blessing to you out there. So if you have not heard any of those podcast episodes recently, I encourage you to go back and tune in. You will be blessed. By the way, if you prefer not to see the vodcast, you can hear that episode through the regular audio podcast here on anchor.fm slash unspeakable dash joy. And before we get started today too, I want to remind you for 
any information on myself as a licensed and ordained minister of what God has called me to do, a little bit about my testimony, who I am, my educational background, where I'll be speaking at next, you're welcome to visit my ministry website. And you can find that at unspeakable-joy.com. All right, so it is a huge blessing to be back with you today. As I mentioned, I haven't had a one-on-one conversation with you in a little while, but I tell you what, it's been beautiful to see the faithfulness of God, the strength of God in all that I'm called to do here in my local crossroads community area in South Central Texas. God has been so good. He has strengthened my body, my spirit, my mind in order to do what he's ordained me to do. And so even the times that there may be a pause in the podcast, whether I'm taking a personal break or just because I'm breaking in a sense because there's other ministry activities going on within my local church or personally, I just want to let you know that I am here for you. If you have any prayer requests or needs or just need to share your heart or something, please contact me there at unspeakable-joy.com and I would love to be able to communicate with you and encourage you with the word of God. And of course, pray for you as we all pray for each other that our faith fail us not and we continue to press forward towards the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. So let's go ahead and get started. I have a topic on my heart that I have been contemplating and working through the past seven or eight months As here in America, we have a new presidential administration in charge of our country. Now, for those of you that have been avidly listening to the show, you know, last year in 2020, I covered this topic in a sense um, under the last administration, the Trump administration. And if you want to go back and hear that episode, it's called God and Government. I really think you'll be blessed to hear my heart on that topic. But this particular topic has been on my heart in recent months as we are now under the Biden administration here in America. And uh, for those of you listening, you may say, "Ugh, I don't want to hear about politics. I don't want to hear Joy talk about her opinions. I'm turning this off right now. Well, hold that dial. Hold that button. Don't press off yet. Don't pause. Don't click out of the podcast because this is going to be an encouragement to us all. Have you ever heard that phrase, preaching to the choir? Yeah, we are preaching to the choir today, myself, and I'm encouraging you also to make sure that we walk in what God has called us to do regardless of who is president at the time, who is leadership at the time in our governmental type offices and who are maybe in your country, who are kings and emperors and and different leadership administration personnel in your country. So it's just an encouragement, just a reminder to us on what God has called us and commanded us and ordained us to do. And another reason why I'm covering this topic is for those of you that have known me pretty well, you know that I love, love, love government. I love government issues. I love learning about policies, procedures, researching things, following different laws that are in limbo, trying to be passed. Um, Many things about government, the institution here in America, where we have the judicial branch, the presidential executive branch, the the uh, Congress, the Senate, all these different parts of our government that lead us and guide us, in a sense, into our well-being 
in a sense, here in the life that we live in the natural that God has blessed us with. And so I love to follow that. I've done that avidly since I was about 18 years old, 17 actually, in high school when I had a government class. And in that government class, it was a presidential election year. The person that I wanted to vote for based on policy platform was a great candidate ended up winning the presidential election. So that was an encouragement to me. And just all in all, the different hot topics or what the world called controversial topics were up for grabs. And so I really enveloped myself in that and enjoyed the process of letting my voice be heard and learning about how things operate in our natural world to govern people. And so today we're going to be talking about something that um, I actually want to title this episode as something that is hard. It's hard, but first. It's hard, but first. And I say but first because we are to do this first before even, I would say, before we even pray about other things going on in our lives, pertaining to family, pertaining to personal issues. And, you know, of course, I would say not necessarily before just worshiping God through prayer and praise and meditation and exalting him and and raising up the name of Jesus. Of course, that is first because he is our God and he deserves worship and praise. But then as we begin our prayers for petitions, in a sense, pertaining to us or the world around us, we are commanded to do this. And it's hard, but first we must do this. And what I'm talking about is similar to what President Franklin D. Roosevelt said uh, around his presidency time. And he said, quote, I ask that our people devote themselves in a continuance of prayer as we rise to each new day. And again, when each day is spent, let words of prayer be on our lips. So we're talking about that today. Prayer in regards to leadership in government, in particular, the executive branch, the branch of the president, vice president, and other leadership. And the reason why I bring that up is because, again, for those of you that know me and know my personal stance, according to the word of God as the absolute truth and standard in my life, and God's policies, in a sense, and his procedures of how his kingdom is run and how he desires his kingdom to come on this earth as it is in heaven, then we know that what the Bible teaches about certain hot topics, controversial topics, different ideologies and doctrines, in a sense, of our natural laws and rulings in the world and the world, I mean, here within this land, the land of the United States of America, then we know that we as Christians, as a body of Christ and as a whole, because honestly, America was founded on godly principles. God was the center. God was the one thanked and worshipped and adored and, and put as priority, rightfully so. And that's how it should be. But because of the waning and the falling away and throughout the years, hundreds of years here in America, the, the deception that has gone on and people parting from godly principles in government, in seats of government and in laws, we know that that much more we are supposed to do what President Franklin Roosevelt said 
what we know we should do according to God's word, and that would be to pray, to pray for our leaders. And although I'm particularly talking about American leadership, in your country where you're listening, this is also pertaining to you because you have people that lead your people. You have dignitaries that lead your nation. You have people that set the rules and the standards and the consequences for not following those standards. And so I encourage you to pray as well fervently for your leadership. So we're examining today one of the first scriptures here, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 through 3, King James Version. And uh, I just wanted to remind us all what God has ordained us to do and commanded us to do. And it says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. So first of all, exhort is a strong word. That's a form of correction. That's a form of pointing us out, calling us out for something and saying, hey, this is legit. This is real. And this is serious. Pay attention because I'm correcting you in a way. Okay. It goes on to say in verse two, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. So here we see in this version that we are obligated to do so, we are commanded to do so, and to pray not only for all men, our families, our neighbors, our leadership at work, our bosses, administrative leaders, but we are to do so for kings and all that are in authority. So that would even indicate to us, you know, judges, policemen, police women, um, even our bosses, our supervisors, our parents, anybody that is placed in authority over us. We can even say spiritual authority within a local church, within the body of Christ. You've got, you know, a leadership team. You've got a volunteer leadership team. You've got pastors. You've got uh, lead pastors, senior pastors. Then within some denominations, you've even got superintendents over those pastors and then a supreme superintendent. And it just goes on and on. And all that is, is presbyters, elders, people within leadership positions that God has placed to watch over our souls, to encourage us in the faith, to correct us, to rebuke us by God's word so that we walk righteous before the Lord Jesus Christ. And so here in America, verse two, here it says for kings, we don't particularly have a king in charge of us as some of you may have. We have dignitaries that are president, vice president, and then we go from there, speaker of the house, minority leader, uh, the whip leader. We've got those particular people in Congress. Then we've also got, like I mentioned, the Supreme Court and then governors and, and people like that. But regardless of which position we are discussing and referencing, we are still commanded to pray to intercede, to lift these people's names up before God. Again, to ask for mercy and grace and ask for God's wisdom to be manifest in their lives. And not only that, but that they would take heed and hearken to the Spirit of God, to the voice of God, 
whether it's directly through a dream or even through advisors and counselors around them. You know, I praise God because the last administration that we had was very good about doing that. You can research it. You can Google it. But President Trump allowed pastors and and religious leaders and ministers of the gospel, well-known, tried and true, seasoned people to advise him constantly on different policies, on different procedures. And of course, the spiritual aspect of things and also as a mouthpiece unto him of what the Christian community believes in and policies and and things that we would support and we felt were needed within the land in America. And so praise God for that. And not only would he receive counsel and even prayer, there were worship services in the White House continually on several different occasions. There were times that uh, ministers would just be there having prayer services and Bible studies. Vice President Pence more so had some time on his hands to attend these Bible studies and to just let the word of God saturate his spirit man, his soul, prayer to be administered through the laying on of hands over their bodies and just pleading the blood of Jesus in a sense, pleading the 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 kingdom of God, the anointing of God over the administration, over our leadership. And so I'm so thankful because that was a beautiful and a sacred thing that was allowed in the White House. In a sense, our White House was white again. It was pure. It was a holy sacrifice before the Lord. And I'm not saying that everything was perfect in the administration. I'm not saying that different attitudes or the way things were brought about were 100% godly. Of course, I don't agree with every single thing that occurs or how it occurs. But for the most part, that administration was a God-fearing administration that put forth plans, policies, laws of the land that were God-fearing and God-honoring. And I'm very thankful for that. Many laws were even enacted in behalf of and in support of ministers and pastors. You're talking about the Johnson Amendment and a lot of the other things And so we don't necessarily see that in this administration. And though there's lip service and there's flattering words that are presented about different things, the fruit doesn't back it up. The fruit does not support what is being said. And so there are lies that are spread. There are falsehoods that are given to swindle people, to mislead people and deceive them, whether it's just for a vote or just for, you know, personal enrichment per se, but you can't just have that without having the fruit to back it up. And that, again, was the beauty of the last administration that, and, you know, really it's put out in one of their slogans, promises made, promises kept. But regardless of that, we know that the last administration is not our savior, is not our ultimate leader, that Jesus is our savior, and he is the one that we follow, and he is the one that we can a hundred percent put our trust in and know that what he says he will back up according to his word and it will come to pass. So even though this current leadership that we have here in America is very much different, very much 
anti-God and very much for the ways of the world and demonic doctrine. And, you know, you've got abortion and you've got homosexuality, you've got transgenderism, you've got so many things going on that are contrary to God's word. We are still called to pray. And some of you might say, well, Joy, I'm listening to you and it sounds like you're being very pushy with your own opinion. Yeah, because my opinion, my values, my mindset is fixed on the word of God, is fixed on biblical principles because God's word is the absolute authority in my life. And while I know that many other people here in America have the freedom to believe otherwise, because that's the way our country is set up, and we are thankful for that freedom. I know that just because something looks to be true, but it is an error, it does not make it true. And just because something is in error to the word of God, posing to be true, it does not make that error true. Only God's word is true. And so people have been deceived by the enemy through natural senses and natural ways within the political spectrum contrary to God's word in the sense that they have believed a lie. And so, yes, I preach God's truth, even in particular to politics. And it's hard. It's hard to say this is the only way. This is the only truth. And this is the only life we will have, even in this part of our lives, in government and policies and political atmosphere. But it is the truth. Because God's word is the truth. So while we respect others' beliefs, we still stand firm for what we believe should be part of, should be the truth in an absolute sense of what is leading our politics. As we go on here, even though it's hard, it's a hard topic to talk about considering the current circumstances here in America and all the stress and the hatred and the anger and, and one party against another and in a sense a spiritual battle and a civil war that's going on, we are still commanded to do this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17. And this is the King James Version. Honor all men. Love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king. So again, we are required and mandated to do this, and that is to respect the office of the presidency, the vice presidency, and so forth. And again, we may not agree with and condone what is being done, what is being said, the lies, the corruption, taking advantage of people, so many things. Even the fact that blood is on the hands of those that allow abortion and allow it to go forth. But we are accountable, in a sense, just for what we allow and for what we authorize and support. And so while we do not agree with the laws of the land, we still pray and we still cry out to God and we pray for his mercy and that his will be done. And that leads us into the last scripture that I want to share with you and just a remembrance to us all. And that would be. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 in the Amplified Version. And it says, And if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray, there it is right there, pray, and seek and crave and require as a necessity my face and turn from their wicked ways, 
Then I will hear them from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. We see that there pray. We saw that in First Timothy that we opened with, if we pray, first of all, pray, but first pray, pray, pray and petition unto God and, and cry out that his will be done and cry out that he would turn things around for our good, for the good of the land and the healing of the nation and your nation for revival in the nation, you know, returning to God and not a returning where we return just because our needs met or because we need our need met, but because we have a genuine change of heart, a repentful heart saying, God, I turn away from sin. I turn away from wickedness. Forgive me for supporting abortion. Forgive me for whatever we're needing to repent for any sin, any unrighteousness, and turn back to him, turn to his face, humble ourselves. He will hear from heaven and he will heal our land. And so I encourage you just to remember this today in your time of prayer, in your time of supplication before the Lord, to bring to his remembrance our leadership, name them by name. It may be hard for us to do that, but it is possible and we must do it. We must cry out. We must intercede. We must stand in the gap. We must pray that the Lord send forth harvesters into the field of government and politics to change the trajectory of the course of a nation, to change the trajectory of the course of policy that will affect millions. And not only those born, unborn, those that are still conceived by God's power, conceived within their mother's womb, those that still have a purpose in this life, those that are babies. They are humans. They are a soul from the time of conception unto birth. And I tell you what, I just want to stop here and say I applaud our governor here in Texas, Governor Greg Abbott, for pushing forth, of course, through the Senate and our our uh, House of Representatives here in Texas, in Austin, Texas at the Capitol, but they pushed forth and he signed a bill pertaining to abortion, that abortion after six weeks, when the heartbeat is heard, which we know even before the six weeks from conception, that is a child, that is a blessing from the Lord. But six weeks on through birth, now in the state of Texas, abortion is illegal. There are heavy fines and other things put into place to not permit that to occur. If others are accomplices, in a sense, or doctors perform it or different things, there are severe consequences for it. So we praise God for that. Can you imagine the thousands and even millions of babies that are now being saved here within the state of Texas as of September 1st? here 2021 that are going to be carried to full term given the gift of life that God has already bestowed upon them and be contributing members to society, be the next fivefold ministers, be the next doctors and leaders of our society, ministry of helps people, mothers and fathers and influencers and missionaries and the list goes on and on but they will be allowed to live the life that has been given to them. Now, of course, however their life was conceived, whether it was in a rightful marriage, even within a godly marriage, or if, you know, it was birthed out of sin 
and conceived in a, a wetlock situation or other types of situations, regardless of how the baby was brought about, it is given life because it is innocent and it is worthy of love and worthy of an opportunity to live the life that the Lord has ordained for them. And so we're very, very grateful for this. I know other states have already enacted that or begun to do so. And so we continue to pray for them here in America and also for their governors and leadership that God would empower them and embolden them and create a, a holy roar and a holy boldness within them to go forth with what God has ordained them to do. And we believe and we are praying that ultimately even some more cases are going before the Supreme Court in the next couple of months or so. But we believe that ultimately Roe versus Wade will be overturned here in the states. And these are already steps towards that as it can go back to the states. Uh, it can be a, a law of the land, federally speaking, where it is overturned. And if it happens to go back to the states and the states can mandate it themselves, similar to Texas, where it is outlawed at a certain extent. So we praise God for this change and for this godly administration enacting the will of God by the word of God. So be encouraged today and and just know that we're in this together. And of course, we remember that our leadership has terms and in particular, the president and the vice president of our executive branch are only allowed four-year terms and they can be reelected for a second four-year term. But beyond that, we know that God is our Lord. He is our savior and he is the one that this country needs in order to truly prosper and truly fulfill what it was called to do. So as we close, let's just go ahead and pray for our American leadership. And for those of you in other countries, thank you for joining us and lifting us up here in America's in the natural. There has been much turmoil. There's much strain and, and stress and division. But uh, we know that God is the unifier of those that call and cry out to him and uh, submit their ways unto the Lord. He can do great things in America. He is still going to do great things, and he is going to use us mightily for his kingdom purposes. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this encouragement today. We thank you that first of all, even though it's hard, we pray for those in leadership. And it's hard, Father, because we are quenched, our spirit is quenched, we're saddened by the the things and the occurrences going on here in America that is hurting your heart, that's hurting the people, Lord, it's hurting the unborn, it's, it's deceiving and manipulating families and, you know, that marriage is not important, that faithfulness within marriage is not important, that fornication, that all this is acceptable and the norm that premarital sex, even within young people, preteens, teenagers, is acceptable in the norm. Father, we know that all this is lies. They're lies and deception from the devil, from the pit of hell, Father. And while it is hard sometimes to stand in the face of adversity, to stand against the cultural stream running down this river here in America, we thank you, Father God, that we run upstream. We run with your word in our hands and in our hearts and on our lips and before our eyes. And Father, we we just ask you to forgive us. We ask you to forgive us 
for not taking a stand that much more, for not speaking out your truth, for standing for truth at times, for not promoting and petitioning and even making our requests known to you for this land. Forgive us, Lord. We repent. But Father, we take a stand today. We stand and salute your word and we say, Lord, use us for your glory, even within government, within politics and policies, Lord. Help us to be a voice of one crying in the desert saying, we're preparing the way of the Lord in this nation. We're preparing for revival. Revival is here. Repentance is here. Life is here. Help us, Lord, sustain us. And we just pray right now for President Joe Biden, Vice President Kamala Harris, their executive teams, Father, their cabinet members, our Congress, our Senate, our Supreme Court justices, Chief Justice John Roberts. We pray, Father God, that your hand of mercy, your hand of grace would be upon them. And that most importantly, Father, they would operate in the fear of the Lord. Father, it's not impossible with you that you would send somebody to minister to them, to bring salvation to them, to tell them the word of truth, to tell them prophetic words of consequences of choices and and things that they are leading us towards, Father. And we pray for revival in those places of leadership in Washington, D.C., over this country, Father. We pray, Father, for people to not be ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God into salvation. And even as we are in our homes and in our jobs and in our families, Father, that we would be bold to speak the word of truth to those around us, Father, against the lie of homosexuality, against the lie of transgender, against the lie of so many things, Father, that do not line up with your word. We pray for these people in office. We pray for all leadership and all spiritual authority over us, Father. And we pray, Father God, that your will would be done, that you turn everything around for our good. And we just thank you again, Father, for the change and the trajectory that you are going to lead us into where we would honor your word, honor your will, and serve you, Father, and worship you as one nation under God. As we were established, let it be done. Let it be so. Even now, in Jesus name, we pray. Amen. I tell you what, what a beautiful prayer. What a beautiful time we've had just remembering what we are called to do and thanking God that in everything, his word does not return back void and he will accomplish his purposes. He will use you and I. He will use those in leadership to bring about his will for this country and for your country. Thank you for always keeping America in your prayers and for keeping our Christian brothers and sisters in your prayers. There's much adversity, much persecution in a way for taking a stand for godly principles. But God is for us. You're for us. And who can be against us? No one, no thing, no policy no law, because even above the law that we are to abide by and respect and honor, we know that there is a greater supreme being and supreme law, and that's God the Father, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the Word of God, the Bible, that we abide by. So even if laws are passed that we are supposed to honor that are contrary to our biblical beliefs, we know that we honor God first, and we do His will first. And then we will see his word manifest here in our country 
and in our people for his glory. Well, thank you again for tuning in. I know this was somewhat of a longer podcast today, but can you tell I'm excited to be back with you and talking with you one-on-one. Remember, dive into the Word of God with us and uh, let this episode be a blessing unto others. Until next time, I love you. I'm praying for you. And I'm also praying for your country as well. I have a world map here in my office. I look at it often. I pray for my ministry friends and and partners in the ministry, co-laborers in Christ across the world. And I'm always, always, always thinking of you. So I'm praying for you. Until next time, God bless you.